Last week on Chain in the Valley, Navid and I were our own guests. We talked about marketing blockchain the right way. While blockchain may not be able to solve every problem, there are in fact viable use cases. You did listen to that episode, right? You are listening to Peer Nova's Chain in the Valley, where we discuss all things blockchain and DLT over our morning coffee. Here are your hosts, Sonia and Navid. Hi, everyone. I'm Navid, and I'm here with my co-host, Sonia. Hey, guys. And we are super excited to bring you episode three of Chain in the Valley. Woo-woo, that's right. Today we are honored to have a very special guest on the show. And we don't mean ourselves, right? Not this time, nope. Okay. <laughs> Today we are absolutely pleased to have our Global Head of Customer Engagement, Mr. Mark Janis, on the show. Welcome, Mark. I'm really excited to uh, be here. Mark, so that the audience has a good idea of your experience and your role at Piernova, can you please begin with a quick introduction, and then we'll dive into some more detailed conversations in a bit. Sure, Navid. Uh, first, I'll start with my background. I've had the pleasure of working at two Wall Street investment banks, Bankers Trust and Morgan Stanley. I've led or helped transform most operations, treasury, or risk areas at those banks, and I did it globally. It's really from those experiences that I had such an interest in the plumbing, if you will, of post-trade infrastructure, and that's why I'm so excited when I work with clients on a lot of these issues. Most recently, I was a founder and chairman of a joint venture between Euroclear and DTCC, and that focused on collateral management. Um, at Piernova, I'm the head of client engagement. It sounds It's a fairly amorphous title, but what it means in practice is that I build partnerships with clients. I work with them on use cases, and I help them apply those use cases to DLT. It's extremely rewarding because many of the pain points that they go through are the ones that I did when I was running a number of these different um, areas. So, Mark, that's great. And you recently wrote an excellent piece on reconciliation for our blog, and we're super excited to dive deeper into the topic today. So for our listeners who may not be as familiar with post-trade processing, would you mind giving everyone a rundown of what reconciliation is? Sure, Sonia. First of all, I love doing that topic because reconciliation is really an old topic, and it's been a challenge throughout my career and probably anyone that's been involved in operations. The reason for the issue is that most firms have multiple ledgers that track information, and there is a great need to reconcile them. Uh, reconciliation is evident anywhere. There's reconciliations of trade positions and activities, settlement positions and activities, reference data, deal terms, and the like. And these reconciliations occur across the firm, so they can be in operations and legal risk billing, regulatory reporting, but they also occur between enterprises. In fact, many of the challenges often occur between enterprises such as dealers and CCPs. We've heard from some organizations that they have over a thousand people reconciling their data. So that gives you an idea of the challenge that's out there. I think what happens today is there's been a number of different solutions that are out there. So there are some systems that are out there that people use to address these problems. And they're actually a number of them are quite good. Um, they, they have all kinds of capabilities that help with exception processing and, and the like. But despite that, there's still a number of challenges that seem to exist. 
there's also been a lot of work in terms of the enterprise, what they call enterprise data areas and firms. And these areas have worked on creating standards regarding data and trying to implement different things, including ownership of data and being able to, to understand the, the uses of the data at the particular firm. Despite all of that and despite all of the people that are working on the reconciliations, it still remains a problem. So it's amazing how even with all of this new technology, financial institutions still can actually face quite a few challenges associated with reconciling their data. Can you highlight a few of these problems? Happy to. Often when we think of the challenges regarding reconciliation, we think of the cost of all the people that are involved in reconciliation and also the cost in terms of technology. But there's also a lot of other consequences as a result of reconciliation issues. So here's a few of them that I've had in, in my career. One of them, missed derivative trades that have funding capital or fee implications, particularly during periods of market turmoil. Settlement reconciliations that have required many hours of research and investigation with significant client is issues. Fraud that's undiscovered until weeks after the event. And lastly, inaccurate client reporting leading to client complaints and lost business. So if you look at all of these things on top of the costs and on top of the technology costs, it's pretty significant for reconciliation. So today, reconciliation occurs in batches, correct? That's correct. So because of the fact that these batches could be at the end of the day, could be at the end of the week, could be end of the month, it could be end of the quarter, uh, there's very little visibility into what has essentially gone wrong up to that point. And that's what your initial point about funding capital fee implications and so on and so forth are such a huge part of this challenge. Is that correct? Exactly, Naveed. I'm glad you mentioned that. The longer the time period in terms of reconciliation, the greater the risk and the greater the cost. That's exactly right. So, Mark, is it fair to say that a good place to start it, when one is thinking about reducing some of these uh, uh, friction points that you just mentioned is to perhaps do these reconciliations in more real time and less in batches? Naveed, that's exactly it. The more that you can get things done real time, the more you can identify a number of the issues that are out there. The, the, I've had a lot of challenges in the past where I've run operations areas where these things have lingered and they've caught all kinds of unintended and intended consequences. So the goal here is to be able to see this information, get a transparent view of exactly what's happening real time. What are some of the solutions that are out there today? Uh, to help with these challenges we're talking about? Sure. Naveed, there have been a number of different ways that phone firms have approached this um, challenge. One area that I've seen is they've outsourced reconciliation to groups who specialize in processing. So a number of the investment banks have reconciliation groups in, in various regions whose whole focus is basically to address this issue. The other things that I've seen in this space are new reconciliation tools, many of which have really significant capabilities, workflow management, exception processing, et cetera. And lastly, what I've seen is that firms have created enterprise data groups who focus on these issues from a business and technology perspective. For example, they create standards across the enterprise and even for the industry. The problem that I've seen with all three of these is that the, the, the problem still remains. So it's still a fundamental problem for an industry and it's, it's ripe for new approaches. So there are solutions out there. Um, why do you think that reconciliation is still a challenge? I think it's still a challenge because I think they're too localized, a lot of those solutions. They don't often do things from a real-time perspective. 
Um, they don't give you a view of all the events that may have happened so you can research any of the issues that are out there. In terms of from a real-time perspective, you can't get insights in terms of the information that you're getting there. So, for example, a view of a particular customer. They don't link up in terms of not only the enterprise, the different areas, but between enterprises. And lastly, they don't build this golden source of data, which can be used throughout the firm. So the ability to take this information and be able to use it for all the different areas that are out there. Given the topic of our podcast being about blockchain and DLT, we talk about a concept called, you know, we refer to it as perpetual reconciliation, because, you know, if everyone is sharing the same golden data source that you just mentioned, then perhaps there's no need to have this reconciliation at, at all. That is Naveed. I mean, ultimately, the goal here is to be able to eliminate reconciliation because everyone is sharing the same ledger. And part of the what we're trying to do in addressing this problem is to start taking the journey towards that. And a lot of the tools that we have start to address that so that ultimately we can get to the point where reconciliation isn't needed. So, Mark, we know that the Kineofarm platform is a unique approach to this because it has certain features that allows this this uh, perpetual reconciliation to occur. Can you perhaps give us a little bit of insight into those features? Now, I'd be happy to, to do that. And this is the part that really excites me because I think a number of these capabilities really start to address the issues. So I'll pick a few of them that to me uh, are, are, are quite interesting. One is exception processing. Many systems have exception processing capabilities, but what is really unique to to Cuneiform is the ability to seamlessly ingest data from all these different sources, normalize the data that allows them to do the comparison. Users then can set up rules for comparing the data, and then you get real-time reporting. So basically what you've done is you've had this ability to take in this data, normalize it, be able to essentially get these exceptions and then act on those exceptions. And that, that's something that really helps uh, in, in terms of being able to resolve these things quickly. And so Cuneiform's event lineage capabilities essentially gives me an audit trail of all the different uh, steps that it takes in terms of a transaction throughout its life cycle. And it allows me to be able to view that kind of information. Another piece to me that's really interesting in terms of Cuneiform is because I have all this information, I can do all kinds of customizable exception reports and analytics to highlight some of the breaks that are out there and get a real-time view. So being able to see that quickly and being able to do that analysis, both for the person who's on the line and also for the uh, senior level manager is extremely helpful. Um, The other piece to me that obviously is the traditional use for for DLT, which is also uh, extremely important, is the ability to look at workflows across enterprises. And Cuneiform allows users to define these workflows, allocate rules, and set rules for the various actors. So basically, you take all these capabilities, and I think you have a really powerful tool for being able to address these challenges. Mark, can you tell us the scale of this? As in, if 10,000 transactions on a given day uh, potentially goes wrong, what kind of resources do you, would you require to solve those or to resolve those? I, I think what you brought up is one of the great challenges of firms uh, across the industry. Um, basically, they're all trying to get straight through processing. The more that you have the exceptions, the more you need groups that do the reconciliations, the more you need groups that have to do research, the more you need groups that have to deal with customer issues and the like. And so it, the, the number of exceptions have 
significant consequences from a uh, headcount perspective and also from a risk perspective. So uh, the, the longer it takes to be able to address these things, the more you're going to have client issues and the like. So the scale is really significant. And we've seen that in terms of a number of the different uh, investment banks that we've had conversations with. It is very important for financial institutions to be able to identify this almost in real time. That, that's that's exactly right. Um, the ability to see patterns and the like and be able to investigate um, issues that pop up is really critical and realize that when you're doing reconciliation, that's a lot of key information for, for a bank. So when you're talking about trades or you're talking about settlement or you're talking about reference issue, you know, that is information that is crucial to the operations of a bank. Can you tell us a little bit more about lineage? Yeah, Naveed, I'll give an example of sort of my past life and what it would have been if we, if I didn't have event, and I didn't have event lineage at that time versus the benefits of having event lineage. So if I was being audited um, by auditors um, over particular processes, I never had the connectivity to be able to show the trail of information, let's say, from when a, a trade's inception all the way through to settlement and even reporting. And so often what I needed to do for auditors was collect lots of different reports. They had to put all that information together, and that's how they were able to do an audit. However, if you have the capabilities like Piranova has for event lineage and you take data from multiple sources, you can use that data to put together essentially that audit trail that says these events occurred at these particular times, these were the actors doing those particular events, and this was the particular data, and therefore you have a much better view in terms of the security of the transaction, what was actually done, when it was done, et cetera. So this is good for an auditor. It's good for um, a risk person. It's good for anyone who's doing research on a transaction. It's great if you get queries from customers and the like. So that, from my perspective, is what makes it so powerful. Excellent. Thank you so much for that, Mark. Um, I, I just want to, once again, direct our audience to visit our website at uh, piernova.com forward slash Kineaform which uh, has all of these uh, features listed. And uh, we actually do have an animation about Kineoform's functionality as well, which again, I encourage our listeners to uh, take a peek. And uh, Mark, we can't thank you enough. Uh, this was very, very informative. And thank you for uh, taking the time to uh, join us today. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thanks so much, Mark. All right, everyone. What are your thoughts on reconciliation and DLT possibly solving some of its current problems? Tweet us your thoughts at Chain in Valley. And don't forget to tune in next week for episode four of Chain in the Valley, where you can join the conversation on blockchain and DLT over your morning coffee, kombucha, or if you're like me, chamomile tea, because I can't do caffeine. <laughs> you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Music, Stitcher, and chaininthevalley.com. You can also follow us on Chain in Valley via Twitter and on our blog on Medium for more on today's hottest topics in fintech, blockchain, and DLT. Thanks for listening, everyone. And have a great week.